When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to the family with L.A. Nick, Mike Gelsan, Andy Brant Bernard, and our very special guest in Detroit. Brad Wenzel. How's it going? Brad Wenzel, ladies and gentlemen, is with us. Now, Brad, it's going to be an interesting deal here because basically we have four people on the show uh, in this particular lineup. Uh, they're four uh, leaders <laughs> of the show, so it's going to be a bitch to get anything in. I just want you to know that. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just happy to be here, man. <laughs> <laughs> We're happy to have you. You've been to a laugh camp before? This is the first time I've been to Minneapolis oh, okay. many times, but laugh camp, this is the first time that for that club. Where did you work before? Uh, the Comedy Corner Underground. Oh, yeah, and, sure. Um, <clears throat> Sisyphus uh, Brewing. Brewing, yeah. they got comedy in the their, like, back room there. Yep, yep. And uh, I've been to... Acme here, here and there. I haven't like formally worked Acme, but I've been to the to the club before, and uh, I opened for Louis Anderson a couple of times years ago. Um, yep, we really like miss him. A theater or something. So I've, yeah, I've been. Is there. that your cat? <laughs> that's the cat. I you got to go tell. get your cat, man. The, yeah, the cat's mad. That at sounds you. like torture. Can you, can you pick it up from? All right, I'm just gonna let him out then. <laughs> that's <laughs> fine. It's that's not, not a problem. It's not even working. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna let him loose. Yeah, don't it's torture not, the, the cat. The cat's man. like. Sounds yeah. like a dying baby. <laughs> it did. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm, I'm envious because my cat does not know how to meow. No, Nora doesn't meow either. Not yeah. really. I got a Manx, and he he can talk. Yeah, ours. She'll be trapped in a room for like six hours, and we'll have no idea. I know that's what happens when they can't talk. Yeah, say something about it, jeez. Vocalize, damn it! See, now you let the cat out. It's quiet. Yep, he's right. He's right here. We got to see your cat. We got to check out. Oh, look at that cat, baby cat. Big one. What's cat's name? Uh, Noam. We call him Napkin sometimes. Napkin. Yeah. Works for me. That's all I know. It's in your lap while you eat. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why he's a napkin. Yeah, I can understand yeah. that. No question about it. So how is the comedy business doing? I mean, I, I, I ask a lot of people this because, you know, you can travel again now, but for a few years right. there was a bitch to do that. You couldn't get that oh. done. Comedy has changed quite a bit, or has it not for you, Brad? Uh, it's definitely, I feel like it's sort of getting back to feels kind of how it was now uh there are definitely like uh, a lot of like places closed and stuff like that um but it's now as of like this year i feel like it's the most normal overall it's been since since the pandemic i would i would say you're touring and 
whatnot and people are are going going to things pretty normally and stuff so knock on wood it seems to be it seems to be getting back to normal a lot of new rooms opened like january 2020 i feel like there was a lot of clubs who were like well we were open two months and then all hell broke loose and god now uh, and they made it through that so um so yeah it's it's a it's i'd say it's pretty it's pretty pretty norm normal i would say and one of the reasons i asked you that is because people in their because we've been talking a little bit about this on the morning show today people's political opinions are so extremely severe right now does right. that does that enter into your world at all or do you just kind of brush that off not really cause my, my stuff's so silly that it's like it would be it's it would be pretty funny if people were getting all worked up about my like raccoon joke or whatever <laughs> that's like, true uh but like we, once in a while you have so like i had a really benign like uh, Trump joke that I, I don't even really do any, anymore. Uh, but uh, uh, that was only really specific places would would people get like strange uh, right. of, about that. But most most of the time, if the joke was like a solid joke, people would just laugh either way. And, Good, uh, I'm glad to hear uh, that. I didn't have too much too much trouble with like that stuff. I think that also became like a kind of a like a culture war talking point at mm-hmm. some yeah. point yep. where it was kind of making it out to be bigger than it was good it, it seemed be like these one like there was like a tv special about it but a lot of the clips they were showing of like audiences gone wild some of a lot of those clips were like from like 15 20 years ago right they were kind of bending over backwards to paint that's our media for you yeah yeah that's kind of how it was so i think i got inflated a little somewhat there's definitely weird you know people get drunk and yeah problems but honestly it's more nowadays it's more because the um crowd work clips have become so popular Mm -hmm. which is like fine you know that's like just a, a another way of like doing comedy but because that's become so mainstream some of the audiences are more rowdy, but only because of that, because they think yep. that that, they, that you want them to interject, because they're like, that's that's the most exciting part or whatever. And so that that's become a little bit more of an issue than anything, just people thinking they're helping when they're not. Oh, God. <laughs> I've seen comedy specials where literally half the special is like the comedian talking to some one specific person in the crowd. It's like, okay. You know, five minutes, sure, but you don't just spend half an hour, hour five minutes. half an hour riffing with this random guy in the crowd. It's, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. yeah that's much. your thing. That's, that's you know, that's your thing. But it's and, all yeah, of them now. People are going for, but yeah, and it, well, you, people don't want to burn material too, so they go. Yep. It's yeah. a it's a way of you know, uh, not having to put out as much, many of your jokes, I suppose. That's true. But, so like, I, I can understand. I don't I don't do it too, that much myself. Because that stuff will come up organically mm-hmm. when you're on stage. If you're just doing your act, like stuff will just happen, you know. So it's like you don't have to really go into the crowd that much. Like weird stuff happens all the time. Just people will react in a funny way, you know. The one, the one thing I've observed when I've been to comedy clubs is it, it seems like generally the audiences are kind of apolitical. And, you know, they're not really there to hear about politics. Not yeah, not not really. I think people just want to want to laugh and stuff. And you can do political stuff. It just has to have a like 
punchline. Yeah. <clears throat> One thing that I love, Brad, is I've, I've known Bobby Slayton for about 30 years, forever. I've seen him many, many times. I have never seen him when several people didn't get up and walk on him. <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> Honest to God, it's always women. They think he's going to be, they don't think he's going to be working blue. Is that it? I guess. I don't know what it is. But what's funny is you could always, you could hear it coming because she starts chirping at her date or her husband or whoever it is about how obnoxious Bobby is and I can't do it. And then it gets louder and louder. And then all of a sudden she just gets up and leaves <laughs> and the boyfriend or husband just follows her out of the club. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Bobby, what are you doing? Now he's doing Skechers commercials, so he's making the oh, big. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is. I've seen that. Yeah. yeah, he's doing tennis tennis commercials. Yeah, huh, tennis shoe commercials. Very weird. But you know, you brought this up earlier too, Brad. Uh, we lost a lot of friends, man, because I I know, you know, tons and tons of comedians, but lost a lot of friends in that last three four year period. Yeah. Uh, yep. You mentioned Louis Anderson earlier on, of course, Gilbert Gottfried and <laughs> Bob Saget, and I'm, there. God, there are so many of them. It's just really yeah. sad. Often the same kind of class, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All, all back to back. Yeah. Must be a must be good stage time up there, whatever. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, all the old guard is kind of uh, being shifted out at this point. It seems. Oh, it, oh, it's shifted out already. Well, yeah, that that is very true. Well, you talk to young kids, they don't know who any of the people we no. know. No, are. they don't. They have no. no idea who they are. That's no. very yeah. true. And it also seems like, you know, these people who've been uh, doing comedy, been on stage for like 30 years, That's that takes its toll all by itself. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Well, not to mention the uh, the comedians we used to have in studio back when we had a full bar. And how not, oh how not full bar it was <laughs> by the time they left. You know, it, it'll age you, that's for sure. Yeah. That, that lifestyle. Well, yeah, because you're, you know, what are you going to do at midnight when you get off work? Yeah, exactly. You're yeah. sleeping in until like that's noon. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to drink. That's the answer. Mm -hmm. I suppose that is true, but what the hell? It's, it all works out in the end, doesn't it? Well, they did it for themselves. Man. You don't think it's going to work out in the end? I don't think it is anymore. Do you think it's gotten because I was talking to Mike Gelfand about that earlier on the show today, and Brad, please do jump in here. I just, are we ever going to get to a point where we can move from the left and the right toward the middle and just kind of get along? Or well, I think never... you got other problems now. Like what? Oh, there's all kinds of things coming into the mix. Like what? Well, the whole thing with the Middle East. You know, now oh, you got no different religions that. against each other. Mm -hmm. You got a lot of things coming into the mix. It ain't just left and right anymore. It's... And you can't really do Middle East humor. No, no you cannot. No, it's Middle East humor. Too soon. It's such yeah. a soup of mess right now. Yes, it sure is. But it's... I still don't understand how my God is better than yours. I've uh, never understood that. It's like what? And I think I think some people are confused right now, especially. People that are Jewish that were left, I think they're a little confused right now because the left media is going to turn on them, mm -hmm. and they are, and they yeah, already they are. are. I, Mike, i got to ask you about that because I saw that last night on the national news. Mm -hmm. I never thought the, the national media would turn on Jews the way they have. Uh, well, I'm not, I don't know what media you're talking about. I mean, I, I, I get my news television. mostly from the New York Times. and. Well, there, they, you're, you're safe. Yeah, there. they're never going to turn. <laughs> you're safe no. for the New York Times. Well, but, they, but they're also pretty, I mean, they're talking about a tremendous mix of, of opinions that, they, you know, people who read the New York Times are not just Democrats or Republicans. Yeah. They're not Zionists. 
you know, they're not, they're not uh, pro-Hamas, if anyone is. It's, uh, so they cover pretty much all the angles anyway. They just well, cover, a, yeah. cover the news. But then again, you know, the New York Times has all the time they need to do that. Yeah, true. And true. Uh, with the, it's just, you know. The it's problem just, with the New York Times is what they don't cover. Well, they, they don't cover tell a lot. You, they don't tell you a lot. Though. I hear a lot of people who say, well, how come the New York Times isn't doing this? And I'll say, well, it was on the front page today. Uh, but the people who are saying the New York Times doesn't cover stuff don't read the New York Times. I actually do read the New York Times. Well, that's good. They don't cover some stuff. <laughs> yeah? Okay. In my well, opinion. Like anybody, they're, they're all like that now. But but I did I did challenge <laughs> surf the other day. Uh, was that? The New York Times, are they running Ziggy anymore? Oh, I love <laughs> Ziggy. Ziggy, uh, I used to... Back when Calvin and Hobbes was in the paper, that was one of the ones I always had to catch. <laughs> yeah. They still run. They silent on Ziggy. You need to bring the comic strips back. They, they've I died. Agree. They've just died in the last decade. Exactly. I don't even know if any of them exist anymore. Technically, well, there's a few, but uh, print comic strips. There's still it's a few. But... You could do reruns, even. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just, just put the date when they originally. I would enjoy that. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, there are a lot of people out there who are saying, "God, I just love peanuts. Uh, I wonder what they're going to do tomorrow." And it's like, no, it's been 50 years now, but... But then once again, kids don't look at newspapers. No, they don't. <laughs> not. I haven't picked right. up a newspaper in years. I still us. do. Me and Nancy still <laughs> both read the paper. Yeah. Brad, what were you saying? I said that's for that's for I think the adults I think it was uh, this the subtext was it was for for adults <laughs> to break up all the yeah <laughs> all the yeah. sadness and stuff and just be like also oh, Charlie Brown. Well, good know. news they're still making Ziggy. Yeah, I yeah, thought they yeah, were. Yeah. Yeah. You can find them. Yeah, you can find it online. There's, and, and the other thing, you know, is it's not really like a comic strip, or sometimes it is, but newspapers don't have, don't, they don't have cartoonists anymore. No. It, you know, that was a staple of just about all newspapers. Mm -hmm. But, of course, those newspapers got rid of 75% of their employees. Right. And one right. of the things they got rid of was, the, was you know, the daily, the daily cartoon. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing to me that they are talking about getting, well, while we were just talking about it on the first part, talking about the fact that things like Peacock might just go away. Hmm. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Well, that, look how much money they dumped into CNN Plus. Yeah. And that didn't go well. <laughs> they never even went on the air. What was that supposed to be? Because I remember reading about it. Oh, uh, just, just like Fox Nation, just different shows. Leaning left, like Fox Nation does, different shows. Like they took on the uh, Duck, with the Duck Brothers. What are they called? The Duck Dynasty. Duck Dynasty. Oh, so did they, they redo. Yep, they still make Duck Dynasty. It's called now. It's called they 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 treasure hunt, but it's the same family. They, oh, okay. they do. They took on cops, so they do cops. Oh, they did. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Oh, Fox is, Nation. Yeah, cops is live oh, every yeah, every Friday's live on Fox Nation. So it was just a network like that, <clears> where uh, but. I don't know, CNN just didn't do it right. Well, where CNN went wrong was they, they tried to be right down the middle. And they found out there's that not much not of an work. audience for that. No, that did not work. What was that guy's name? Chris Licht, was it? Chris Licht, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. And they had a lot of scandals with people who worked at CNN that didn't do them well. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? The Comos and, you know, Governor Comos. Oh, that's true. But he's, he's got his own deal now. Don Lemon. Don they they Lemon, all yeah. just lied, man, and they got caught. Well, they all lie. That's all they <laughs> I do know, but lie. these guys really lie. Well, yeah, there's lying is not something that's unique to any one cable channel. No. No, no that's It's very, pretty very much lying. out there. Yeah. So in Detroit, do you have, like, one particular – I spent a lot of time in Detroit because I used to do a lot of voiceover. So back in okay. the day before – you know, online, 
I had to go wherever the commercial was being cut. It was wow. New York, Chicago, Los Angeles, Detroit, wherever. You had to go to cut the spot. Yeah, the good old days. The good, yeah, the good old <laughs> days of traveling. But I still think, I've been told by people in Detroit, do you know uh, where the Top Hat is, the Top Hat Bar? Uh, no, I'm not familiar. There's a reason you're not familiar, because... Guys that look like you and me are not allowed in there. I think I am the last white guy that ever went in the top hat in Detroit. Is it still there? Uh, well, well, that was many years ago, though. So I don't know if it's still Did you ever go there? No, I've seen it outside. You see, I didn't go outside. in, though. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they you it's know. All, uh, it's all magicians, you're saying. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. But the funny thing about it was, is I walked in because I was like, yeah, whatever. And they actually thought it was very cool and bought me a drink. Because, like, man, you get the balls to come in here. Here, have a drink. Good for you. Now, they didn't want me to stay very long. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I had to go right after that drink. But I will never forget that. I See, I'm, I'm a big fan of Detroit. It does... Mm-hmm. It does bother me, though, what the auto industry did to that town. It just not, Or rather, the lack of the, the audio, audio Well, yeah, industry. Downtown's right. actually pretty nice right now. It is made it? it pretty, yeah, they turned a lot of those old buildings Good. into condos. It's pretty nice. Oh. Good. Yeah, the last, like, I want to say, like, seven years or so, it's been kind of a steady yeah, you know, working on stuff. And it's, it's a really beautiful city. And it's, I mean, there's still parts of it that are, you know, rundown and stuff but a lot of it is like it's a it's a cool place to be i i, I love being in, in detroit and stuff my 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 worst memory of detroit was when i was covering the twins and um the traveling secretary howard fox would would oh, put howard. us would put all the players in the media in like in, not in great hotels because he would he would book us into any hotel where he'd have the penthouse suite. <laughs> you know that that was his so criterion. His yeah. yeah. So we were staying in those days at the Pontchartrain Hotel, which was oh, I the think the Pontchartrain, sure. The Ponch, yeah. Yep. And then of course it was right across the street from the Cobo Arena. Mm-hmm. And uh, you didn't want to be at the Pontchartrain Hotel when there was a tool and die convention at the Cobo Arena. It just didn't work out very well. Why? What's well? It's just that you know you're pretty. You could be pretty sure that the, whoever was in the next room would be drinking heavily until 5 a.m. That's true. That, that those people drank heavily and and often and to great excess. And uh, yeah, I just remember. I remember going into the hotel one day. I got to my room. It was probably the worst room in the hotel because Howard Fox didn't like me very much. And mm, yeah. and right next door, at the end of the at the end of the uh, aisle there, there there was a, a kind of like a mini ballroom, and the, the tool and die people were uh, that was their hospitality room. Oh, okay. So I check in like about <clears throat> four in the afternoon, and uh, it's they're just getting started in, next door there, and there's a woman uh, at the door, and she's you know taking taking people's name name plates and things, and I said. Uh, Gosh, uh, uh, so will you be? Uh, will there be people in here? You know, kind of. Will they be coming in uh, late at night? She said, "Honey, we're gonna party all night long." <laughs> <laughs> well, and, that's a good thing. And that's when I knew that uh, I wouldn't scary. be getting any sleep that night. But Howard Fox slept very well. Oh yes, he did. well, love to love. In the penthouse. Well, Howard just you know, and his thing was uh, mostly 
Mostly about hatred of me. Hatred of Mike. Yes. I can sleep well. He didn't like those stories I, I wrote Mike. about the team. Oh, I go through that a little bit with myself, uh, mm-hmm. criticizing people. But my favorite of all time story about, you know, flying into Detroit or flying out of Detroit, Kurt Vonnegut. Remember the great writer, Kurt sure. Vonnegut? He was flying out of Detroit one time. And I, I never forget him telling this story. It was a great story. But he hated it when he'd get on an airplane and people would recognize him because he would, they would just talk to him the whole flight. And he wanted oh, yeah. to catch a nap or do whatever. That was right? back when people read books. <clears throat> That's back when people read books. Yeah. That's exactly right. He said, Tom, this is a true story. And Kurt's no longer with us, is he? I don't know. Well, he's still so. I don't think he's still alive now. But Kurt said, Tom, I got on an airplane in Detroit. I'm sitting in first class, and I had had enough of this, aren't you, Kurt Vonnegut? This guy sits down next to him in first class. He looks at me and goes, so what do you do for a living? And Vonnegut goes, I'm in the tool and die business. The guy goes, what? He goes, yeah, I'm in the tool and die business. He goes, I'm the president of the union. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they talk about tool and die for like three hours. (laughs) That's another thing Detroit has real nice right now is their airport. I was just in the airport. Yeah, the airport. Their airport's nice, man. It is. It is very nice. I was just there this week. It's a really nice airport. Kurt Vonnegut has been there for 16 years, by the way. 16 years. And then I got to go back tomorrow to fly to St. Paul. It's a nice nice airport. It's simple. I have a great Mm -hmm. memory of that airport because... um, I was I was in the airport. We were waiting for our flight. Uh, and I was covering the twins, and Howard Fox said, "said Maka." He was he was from the south. If you don't catch the accent, which is no, I thought it was a great southern but, but accent. But he said, he said, he said Maka, let me. What you drinking, Mike? And I said, "Oh, I'm, I'm not drinking anything." And I walked past him, and then uh, about ten minutes later, I was walking walking through the airport again, and he saw that I was drinking uh, something. It was Coke. Basically, sure. Uh, and uh, and then uh, right out of nowhere, he uh, called me a three-syllable name. Why? Uh, because uh, he he said something like with it. He said something. So you're too good to get a get a drink from me. Is that right? Oh God. And I, and I said that's correct, Howard. <laughs> How many times did the word Jew come up in his reference? Uh, only in private. <laughs> Only in but there was that. Uh, yeah. Oh, there was that. Who I know knows? that. I mean, those those guys. It was the twins organization back in the Griffith days. That was a different organization. It was not like oh, anything you'll see today. Time period. <laughs> yeah, and they were they were a relic then. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. In a world that's racing a mile a minute, a split-second distraction can change everything. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. Every day we see too many people, heads buried in their phones, unaware of the dangers they're in. Texting and driving isn't just reckless, it's playing Russian roulette with your life and the lives of others. In just four seconds of distraction, you've driven the length of a football field. Is there any text message that's worth your life, that's worth the lives of others? I've been fighting for the rights of the injured for over 30 years but I'd rather you never meet me in a courtroom. So hear me now. Stop texting and driving. Pay attention. Value your lives and the lives around you. And if you won't, know this. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're relentless. We won't back down. 
We bring justice to those that need it. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. With Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. So, Brad, you grew up where? Uh, Monroe, uh, Michigan, like 40 Monroe, minutes Michigan, south 40 of minutes. Detroit. Okay, and do you remember what drew you to comedy? Uh, yeah, I was a big, uh, I was a big like comedy fan when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and uh, I had an older cousin. He's like six years older than me, and he liked stand up too. So we'd talk about, you know, did you see this special or did you watch right. this guy and stuff? And I had been when I was like. 15 i had started like writing jokes and stuff but had no real idea of what i was gonna do with that because i was so young uh but i had been kind of writing them privately and then my older cousin was like you're you're funny if you if you ever got like you should get like five minutes together and i'll i'll take you to like an open mic and so then i kept writing for like a year and then i felt like i had you know some jokes and so then i was like when i was 16 i was like yeah let's go let's go do one so we drove up he drove me he was like in college i believe and then he drove us up to uh ypsilanti uh on a like sunday night at 10 and there was this like open mic but it had had an audience it was in this little back room of this kind of like uh like kind of a beer pongy bar like it was kind of a Mm. shenanigans looking kind of bar right and uh and they had a good little crowd in there and that I went up uh, my first time then and got kind of uh, hooked. I had like a surprisingly good first set. And so then I was like, oh, I'm, I'm you're done. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm huge adrenaline, you know, like and then but I didn't know because I was a minor. And so I didn't know how to get into the clubs and stuff i was very naive i'd like call the club and ask like hey do you guys have like an age limit which if you ask a club that they're gonna be like yeah you gotta be 18 yeah so i was like i don't know how to you know do that so i went to that mic again in ipsy and uh it was actually canceled like the they weren't open or something like that and there was another guy who was like a college kid uh, named uh, brett klein and i was like hey how do you how do you get in to anything if you're young and he was like take this headliners class at the club and then he'll vouch for you. Uh, so that's what I did. I took a class when I was 17 at, uh, at Mark Ridley's comedy castle. Uh, like my senior year at high school, I took that, mm-hmm. like it was like six Saturday mornings and then you do a show. And then that was how I, and then from, from there, I just kept, kept, uh, 
performing and stuff and got into it that way and and uh, and uh, Bill, Bill, the head, the headliner taught that class. He's like, yeah, just don't, just don't ask, just don't tell anybody. <laughs> <You'll be laughs> well, that's kind of the way comedy works, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, I was like, I was like, uh, I was funny enough, you know. So it was kind of like, it was like, no one's gonna be that upset that you're, you know, trying to do an open mic. So who were the who were the comics who really inspired you? I liked all the like if you see any of my stuff, I do all the, like non sequitur stuff. So I liked all the oh, one liner sure. guys. Mm-hmm. So like uh, uh, Stephen Wright and uh, Mitch Hedberg and uh, uh, Zach Galifianakis, yeah. Dimitri Martin. No, those are all um, all great comics. Yeah. Yeah, I was kind of it. Kind of worked out. I was thinking about this the other day that when I was a kid, all those guys were putting stuff out at once. Like in the in the like two thousands, like mm-hmm. which was weird because Stephen Wright was a predecessor to all those guys. Yeah, but they were yeah. all he put out a special in like oh five called When the Leaves Blow Away. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And then all those guys were putting out specials around that time and albums. And so to to me, before I was a comic, I was like, oh, this is like a genre of comedy, and this is my favorite genre was these like short weird jokes so i wanted to do that that because that's what i like the best and i wanted to do my own kind of spin on that which is funny because a lot of people only know like one of those guys that's what i've learned from touring is people know like one of them but they don't know the well, other people in your age group yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we know them all <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said if you can make it in Ipsy, you can make it in Youngstown. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's just no go on the wide circuit, you know. But Ipsy, of course, is a college town, so it seems like it would be a perfect place. Oh, yeah. It was uh, – the Ann Arbor Club was, like, my home club uh, when I was coming up and stuff. And so you get those, like, great college audiences <laughs> and stuff. And you can, you know, develop – Detroit's a great place to start comedy because there's enough, there's enough hip crowds – that you can kind of hone something unique mm. and uh, original, but there's enough uh, uh, kind of real crowds that you have to develop the chops to uh-huh. be able to get it over with people who who are not <laughs> as impressed. So you you it's a good it's a you'll become a, a well-rounded comic and and uh, when you start here and stuff. You know what amazes me is looking back, and I talked about this quite often. As a 37 years ago, I took a job at KQRS Radio here in Minneapolis. I was there for 36 years, 30, no, 37 years, actually. Uh, and we were just sitting around talking about what we were going to do and blah, blah, blah. I, at the time, was doing voiceover in New York, so I came back home because my son, who's running this show right now in the other room, was going to be born. I went, I don't want to have a kid in Manhattan. That's not going to work too no. well. So we moved back, and... I thought it was very, very weird because I, I had never done morning radio before. I'd always done other day parts. But I came back and I said, well, why don't we get a couple of comedians on? They said, what? I said, well, let's get some comedy on here. I mean, I just thought uh, New York, you know, New York was on fire with comedy at that time, back in right, 19, right. 1986. Well, I mean, it was, everywhere was on fire. Everywhere was on fire in 86, <laughs> exactly. I said, how do you not book comedians? They said, we never have. I said, what do you mean, we? They said, radio. It doesn't, we don't have comedians on. I said, are you out of your mind? Literally, we started having comedians on, ended up being the number one morning show in America. And right, right. I'm here to tell you, honest to God, 
Comedy kept radio in business for, I would say, at least another 30 years. I, I think because before that, a lot of comedy was physical comedy. Yeah, probably. So they didn't really translate to radio true, so yeah. much. And then it, in the 80s, comedy was on fire. I mean, everyone was, was on fire in the 80s. But yeah, before yeah. that, it's like... That was the rock star of comics in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, everybody was huge. But like 60s and 70s comedy, I don't think would have translated no, to radio. No, it, it was too much physical humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Bob Hope would go on like CCO, but he'd always talk about doing movies. He would right. never do comedy. Yeah, because it was still considered you have to had to be physical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, so that wouldn't translate. True. I think that's probably why they didn't have it. Well, probably was yeah, because maybe. he was on on WCCO like about seven a.m. and you can't you can't uh, you just can't wake up a writer at that hour. <laughs> Not <laughs> that too. Not but comedy it. is such a. It's. I mean, I spent a decade at the comedy store. It's just a tough business, man. It, it, it chews up and spits out a lot of people. <laughs> it's just a tough industry. So what, and not, not you, I'm not talking about you, Brad, I'm talking about other comedians, younger. What do you think the percentage is of, let's say if there's 100, let's say 50 women and 50 men, and they've all decided to become comedians, is there any idea what percentage of them would actually gain any success whatsoever? Out of 150 people? Yeah. Uh, oh man, I don't, I have no idea what the numbers would be uh, on that. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say one. Just <laughs> to be... I went with five. You okay, went with one. Yeah, yeah. I went with five. I would say one too. You'd say one as well. well it depends you know, it, on like what's your barrier for success, like right, making a right, living yeah. or. Well, what I noticed is once one person makes it, they bring a small group with them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They do. They trail in like three people behind them. Yeah. So they'll get five right. people out of that hundred in the game, mm-hmm. and they they do that. They get little clicks in the club, mm-hmm. five guys or five, three girls and two guys, whatever, and they'll let them all in the door and help them make it. Yep. And I hate to, I like to say it because a lot of people don't like Joe Rogan. But now that Joe Rogan, I mean, Joe Rogan's very high paid. I mean, he makes a lot. hundred million? That's yeah. not that much money. Come but on. Joe Rogan, you know, his new comedy called The Mothership, he has Mitzi's Bar, which is Polly's mom's. Right, right. Like he, he's paying back everyone that ever helped him. Well, I'll see, that's nice to hear. He does. And he has all these comics <clears throat> that aren't really big comics on his show, which is one of the top podcasts in the world. Yep. And he has these people on that are nobody's in the world, but they were somebody at the comedy store. Oh, and, good. and Joe has good. them on. Glad to hear it. So it's it's nice to see that he has that, you know, heart to do that. Yeah, he's uh, not exactly, he and I aren't exactly the best of friends, let yeah. me put it that way. Just Joe's, you know, a stand his ground guy. Yeah, he, what, is it, what the hell you mean by that? <laughs> no, he's I mean, he, if, if you have to, once he has a, something in his head, he sticks with it until someone changes his mind on it. Yeah. So that, that's just the way, his personality. If you so, talk to him on a personal level, you'll probably change that. Well, the problem with him was the fact that he, he does have little man's disease. Oh, yeah, he does. What? He, there's oh, no question. Well, he what? definitely does. Oh, you mean a large penis. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> okay. what I mean. Yeah, I go along with that. <laughs> no, that, that, he's got a real problem with that, and that's like, I'm sorry that I'm taller than you. So, I spent a lot of time with Joe in 10 years at the comedy store. Oh, did you good? He was always really nice to me. I've seen him be a total asshole to people, and... He broke the rules. The comedy store got banned from the comedy store. Did he really? Yeah, because you're not allowed to film there. And he had a film, a guy filming him 24 hours a day for 10 years. Oh, God. It never stopped. That Mm. camera was always on for 10 straight years. I I think the the secret secret of his success is just not believing anything. 
You know, I mean, yeah. he'll 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 believe anything that happens to give him listeners. And so I think you're I think it's almost a deficit if you have uh, if you believe in things. Well, he goes back way before you that. I mean, Fear Factor, well, he was a no one when he started hosting Fear Factor. Right. Before that, he was right. a stand-up comic. Yeah. He, he was always a stand-up comic. And mm-hmm. then getting the UFC deal, the contract for UFC, yeah. be the head, the face of UFC, I mean, mm-hmm. it's a big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he really, he networked, he did. He went to everything in L.A. and networked with everyone he could, and he worked it. Are all those guys still, uh, Brad, you know if all of his, his guys, he's like, you know, these Sam triplets of the world, and are those guys still around? Because I haven't heard from any of them in a few years now. Uh, who who we talking like, Sam uh, Tripoli still is. He is? He's yeah. still good. I'm glad. He was a very nice. Yeah, because all the guys that worked with him, I got along with really well. They're, yeah, they're all still comedy all store comics. Good. I'm glad yeah. to hear that. Still at the comedy store. But I just, yeah, it, it, it's just one of those. I do have that effect on some people, and I don't know why. Sometimes you're intimidating. So, Brad, I don't mean to be. I know, but I don't mean to be either, but sometimes people just are. (laughs) Brad, uh, I always ask comics this, at least the ones I know. What's your plan B? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I don't know, man. I got (laughs) to. I'm I'm always thinking about that, but I don't know. I got to figure something out. But uh, it's weird. It's very like. I can only do, I definitely need to do it to be, uh, I'm not happy if I'm not doing it. Right. So I'm always going to be doing it. But I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I've, because I've been doing it like 13 years this month. Mm. And it's like, and I get by doing it. But it is also, it's especially the last couple of years, it's so, uh, you know, fragile. Yeah. uh, That it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've always, looked at just because it's the only thing i know about i'll look at um clubs sometimes and i'll be like man you know if they just did this if they just did this that this would be this could go from a good room to a great room Mm. kind of thing because that's the only thing i know about so sometimes in the abstract i've thought about that of just like if i could do something working with a a club in some capacity or something but that's about (laughs) that's about as far as i I've thought. But one, yeah, one good just, thing about comedy is you have a long time because you can still be a comic in your 70s. I mean, some people didn't even make it until they were in their 60s. So you have a long yeah, yeah. run to try to make it happen. But yeah, yeah. a lot of these comedy clubs don't pay no money, man. So no, you're going to have to have some no, kind of source of income to yeah, keep doing it. They still pay, you know, what they paid 30 years ago. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's truly Nothing. like if you could see the numbers and stuff. It's funny. Sometimes you'll be on stage somewhere and you'll like do your like merch pitch, you know, and you can certain rooms you can feel the crowd looking at you like, hey, we pay you know all this money to get right. in, paid right. all this money for drinks, and it was like, oh, if you if you knew what I was making, <laughs> you, would, you would not be. Well, it's ridiculous. Oh, and I, and I know because I used to book yeah. comedy acts for a casino. In northern right. Wisconsin, and um, you know the the headliner, you know, a guy like Emo, for example, you know, yeah, he's great. He'd he'd make you know I, I could pay him like you know five thousand, which isn't bad, and, no, and that and especially because that was like twenty years ago. That was a lot, but yeah, yeah, that's a lot, a lot back then. Well, <laughs> a lot today. Oh yeah, no, and but he was he was worth it. But the thing is, it's this casino, this obscure casino, and and the crowd there really wasn't 
that much into comedy. Oh, God. And I would always try to find local <clears throat> comics to open, right? Cause, mm. And the local comics, I mean, they didn't even, I didn't even need to pay them. If they if they just got comp for a room and the and 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 the uh, oh, and, and and the dinner they'd be there. Now, I did pay them, but I'm I'm literally you know I pay them a hundred bucks. And I mean I'd be getting calls all day, not all day, but all week. People would call and say, you know, I hear you're paying a hundred dollars. What can you do? Oh. But the difference between then and now is now we actually have a solid group of pretty talented local comics. Oh, I agree. And it yeah. wasn't that way then. <clears throat> No, you're right about that. So it's I feel a, like, in some while. sense, the the comedy business is flourishing. Well, the bigger the room, the less to pay in today's comedy. Well, I, I and yeah. and what happened was, the nobody was going to see these great comics, and eventually I just gave up and I started booking like musical impressionists and <laughs> stage hypnotists, and I didn't have to pay them as much. And the people at this particular casino in northern Wisconsin loved that. They loved it. Yeah, yeah. comedy they they just right. didn't care for. Right, right. How do you not like comedy? I mean, who doesn't want to laugh, for Christ's sake? Well, it's people who well, can't if, laugh. Yeah, if maybe. you're going to a casino, you're going for some an, another reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the casinos. That, that's like flagging people down at a mall or something. <laughs> it's pretty much like, yeah, yeah. You like comedy? Like, it's like, it's that's different than seeking people who went out to see comedy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, no competition there from a casino of that, of that, that kind of casino, which wasn't great. To a, to a comedy club. I mean, you know, the talent level of the comedy club is going to be pretty consistent. That's well, interesting, because I have to ask a question, because Nick Swardson mm-hmm. does very well at casinos. Yeah. Oh, Why? no, if you're, if you're in that, that, that class, that upper class. Oh, so it's an upper class thing. I mean, and yeah. the, the great yeah, thing is yeah. if you're playing yeah. the main room in a casino, that's big money. Yeah, you, yeah. The casinos pay. They do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but comedy clubs don't. No, they don't. <laughs> kind of how it is yeah. I, I understand especially that. a comedy club that has a name like the comedy store or the laugh factory even if you're a paid regular your pay is nothing it's nothing it's a, it's well you say that because you've never been to ipsy <laughs> <laughs> how about the chuckle hut how does that pay probably better than the bigger clubs seriously <laughs> the bigger true. clubs pay less because they say you're getting exposure oh god that they use that thing so oh, so brad uh what time did you get up today? Uh, well, this was at noon for me, so I got up at like eleven thirty. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, you got up and you said, "What the hell?" And you went, you went into your your little studio room, let's call it, <laughs> and uh, you connected with us. So you probably even haven't even had coffee yet today. I got some coffee. Oh. Going, but that's all I've done. That's all I've done. So that's far. everything. Yeah, yeah it just seems to me like it's just such a tough way to. to I, I was going to say to make a living, but it's just it's just a tough way to live. It, it's very very hard industry. It really is. I know so many yeah. comics that were on the tip, just on the verge of going over the cliff to making it huge, oh, and then God. one little thing, even even COVID. I, I watched COVID take out twenty people that were just oh, about to hit no big. No doubt about it. You're just right about to hit that. big, and COVID just crushed their whole career. Because after COVID, people were like, ah, we're not doing that anymore. You know, the, yeah. in the studios, we're not we're not doing that show anymore, and yeah. canceled tons of stuff. And, and then the Brad, writer strike happened. I think Brad, Brad, at least you you've gotten to the point now where you. You're not really uh, going on on Indeed.com to find a job, right? <laughs> not yet. Not yet. And, he's still, and he's still young. 
Well, he's yeah. got age on his side. Sort of. <laughs> sort of, yeah. He was young when he was playing Ipsy at 16. Yeah. That's yeah. young. It's so funny. Young. I'm like 30, but because I've been doing it 13 years, like time is linear. <laughs> so people yeah. will be like, oh, you're a young guy. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't feel that way. No, that's, yeah. that's kind of what I was <laughs> suggesting, yeah. Well, they say Dangerfield yeah, yeah. didn't make it to 61, I think. Yeah, I think that's about right. <laughs> so, well, that's when he ran out of coke, I think. Yeah. Mm, nah, he was still doing coke, yeah. Like, too. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm the, uh, the Rodney Dangerfield of my group. Maybe I'm <laughs> <laughs> going to break way later. 30 yeah. more years. I've seen <laughs> a lot of people out. make it, and I think the key for the, that I noticed, because I'm very observant, is the people that hung out all the time are the ones that made it. Yeah. Like, they never went home. They were always at yeah. the club. They always made a lot of friends Networking. in the business, and they just stayed in the mm -hmm. party 24-7 mm. until they made it. Brad, is Minneapolis-St. Paul is still a big comedy market? Because for years, yeah. a lot of comedians did come out of this market. You mentioned oh, Willie yeah. Anderson. Yeah, no, it's everyone, like, every touring comic, like, that's one of the best cities oh, good. to perform in. Because the crowds are great, and, there, yeah, there's a bunch of great comics have come out of there. So it's like, I think a lot of it stems from Acme being, like, a really good club and stuff, and then the, mm -hmm. the audiences are just, like, they're... Uh, they're, you know, Midwest crowds are, are great because they're um, happy there's a show and they're smart and stuff. And mm -hmm. so, they yeah, just, no, they that's, just want to get out everyone of the house. Loves, everyone I know loves playing. Imagine how, imagine how popular Mitch would be today if he was still alive. Oh, Mitch Hedberg? Because he was just really so great and he was, yeah. you could tell he was getting better all the time. Well, at least that's the way I saw it. And I know. You, you said, Brad, you were a fan of Mitch Hedberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he would, uh, I think he was kind of going towards like theaters and stuff. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I saw him in a theater. He'd be yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. Well, his entire thing was basically the predecessor of the modern day like Twitter comedian, where they just throw out these deadpan one liners all day. Yeah. Yeah. When, when he was, yeah, I mean, and he, but he could tell stories too. And you never knew where he was going with the story because I'm not sure he knew where he was going, but it always was funny. Mm. And I and I took my kids to see him, my two youngest kids, and so they were they were like in their you know late teens, and so that meant I was like 45. And I have to say, I laughed as hard as they did, and they laugh, laughed as hard as I did. So he could right. reach, he could reach. Yeah. If you sit there and watch too much comedy, though, like I sat in the comedy store every night. And watched oh, 15 comics every day. Yeah. You start finding less and less funny comics. Oh, yeah. You just do. Mm. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I used to sit through a number of acts looking for some local guy to book. And I had a lot of anxiety attacks. Yeah. <laughs> There's very few people I still watch that I think are funny. Bill Burr's probably one of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill Burr's very Bobby good. Lee's live sets are <clears throat> unbelievable. He's a very funny guy who never really made it in mainstream comedy. He, just, I mean, he's been on some TV shows and stuff. You're, and you're depressing funny. Brad here. But Bobby Lee's, Bobby Lee's <laughs> a very funny stand-up comic. And he still is. You still see him at the comedy club now, and he's funny. But, yeah, it's, 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 uh, you can OD on comedy and not, not think anything's funny anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> funny the spectrum, too, of, like, making it. Because, like, I, I never wanted to be, like, cause a lot of people consider fame making it. And so there's like those 10 comics that any average person can name, you know, right, but I always right. thought there's, there's a, you know, hundreds of comics who like 
make a really good living and have a fan base that comes out to see them. And I was like, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the goal. Yeah. You making know, it's just thing. doing what you love and be able to pay your bills. Right. Cause like <laughs> a guy like yeah. say like a, a Bobby Lee or something, it's like that guy makes a, you know, a great living as fans. So he's like, but it's like people on the street might not know his name. Yeah. Kind of thing. But that guy's success, you know, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, he it's, pays his bills, you know, um, there's a lot of folks like like even when I was coming when I was a young comic I was like oh that's that I wanted to be like uh, like uh, Gary Goldman or Todd Berry or, or Hedberg like those guys all had a fan base but the average person didn't know who they were yeah was, that's true like, that's the that's the sweet spot yeah you know I never wanted to be like Kevin Hart or some or something and Kevin Hart's a funny guy but it's like. I, I don't need like you can't even live a normal life after you know at that point like I think that's a different yeah thing. I, I yeah. think success would be not driving an Uber uh, right right <laughs> and, and I have nothing against Uber drivers no, I, I, I take Uber that. all the time but really that's right. to me that's it if you don't have to drive Uber you're right. probably okay I'm I'm what's known as uh, just barely successful then. <laughs> yeah, we all are, no question. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Well, look who's here. Did you miss me, big ticket? Like an open sore Mrs. Carmex, man. Seriously, Doug, where have you been? I'm running flagship Ford in Baldwin, Wisconsin. The fireworks capital just 15 minutes east of the St. Croix? That's the place. Anyway, I've come up with some marketing slogans. You know, to put us on the map, read these and let me know what you think. Okay. <clears throat> flagship Ford, drive a lot, save a little. Flagship Ford, you think you hate it now? Wait till you drive it. Flagship Ford, the largest Ford dealership in Baldwin, Wisconsin. Flagship Ford, where the cows are nervous. Flagship Ford, there is no ship, but we actually do literally have a flag. Awesome, huh? Read this. It's my favorite. Flagship Ford, white cars for... Oh, hell no, I'm not reading that. You've been day drinking again? Maybe. The point is, buying a car should be fun and make you giggle a little bit. This is a great store I'm really proud of. You can check us out at FlagshipFord.com or email me directly at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. FlagshipFord.com. Yeah, i got to mention this very, very quickly, but um, after the Joe Rogan thing, it's not going to make me look too good. <laughs> you guys talk about Mitch Hedberg? Mm-hmm. So Mitch, unfortunately, dies. Yeah. How many years has that been now? God, 10? God, I think longer than that. Is it longer than that, really? I think it has been. Yeah. It what? has been uh, 18. Oh, 18 yeah. years? Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, it's been oh, longer than 10. Oh, my God. Died very young. I know he it was longer than 10. What did he, how did he die? 37. Did he OD? Uh, uh, I, 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 I think that's probably what happened. That but, would make the most sense to me. 
But again, after telling you the Joe Rogan story, I'm going to tell you this. Yes. So Mitt. Yes, what, he did. Who did? Who did? Mitt. Uh, he died of an overdose. Died. Yep. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. Mm -hmm. Heroin. Yeah, yeah, yep. he's big into heroin. Yeah. Um, so he dies. I get a call from his mother. I'd never met his mother. He said, "Tom, I wonder if you could do the family a favor." I said, "Sure, whatever you need." He said, "Would you come and read the eulogy at Mitch's funeral?" Mm -hmm. Oh God, I'd be honored doing that. It's very nice of you to call, and thank you for asking me that and all the rest of it. So she said, "Well, I'll, I'll stay in touch with you." And she talked. I talked a couple more times. And then about the third day, I get a call from Mitch Hedberg's mother, same woman I've been talking to for a couple of days, said, Tom, I want you to know that I really appreciate the fact that you were going to come and do his eulogy, but I didn't realize he didn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that was after he was, sort, that? he was sort of on the morning show. Yeah, he was sort of on the morning show. So, he sent somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, so he, what was the deal with that? I, I don't know why he, I never that met him in my life. happens to you a lot. He was supposed oh, to be. Oh, so it does. It does. There's he no doubt about it. He was supposed to be on the morning show. <laughs> yes. Do you think he was just, you know. Hi. AFU, as we say. I don't know what I ever did. I never met him. Yeah. Never talked to him. Well, I don't he know probably why. just, probably was just, you know. Not in any shape to be on the show, right? Probably. So someone called saying they were him. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. They did, but it wasn't him. It wasn't him, right? Did so, you ever find out who it was? I never did, but I I did expose on the internet it wasn't him. I said, "This is not Mitch Hedberg. This is ridiculous." Yeah. So maybe that's why he was. So I didn't realize he was so young when he died. He's not very old, and he was a very serious drug addict. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. A lot of people are nowadays. They are nowadays, it's true. But but I, yeah, I'm on quite a run. If you could make it a threesome, I'll figure out another comedian that hated my guts. That'll make all three of them. That'll be perfect. Let's yeah, see I'm not it. too hot on you either. Uh, okay, Brad. Brad, number three. We got Mitch. We got Joe. And we got I just Brad. wanted you to get the hat trick. Uh, thank you. I appreciate you helped me out here. That's all I I'm know. sure there's more, Tom. Oh, I guarantee you there's a lot more. Well, I told you, just if you're successful in Minnesota, they're oh, yeah, going to go you're after telling you. Me? Well, oh, I, I, you know. You ain't got to tell me. I was, I got, everyone came after me. I was I verbally attacked by half the comics who came on the show. I know. It was unbelievable. Honest to God, brother, this is a true story. If you succeed in Minnesota without their thumbs up before you do, they will turn on you like a bitch. No, the weird part about it, Tom, Who are you is referring to the, the people, like the people of Minnesota. The people no, of Minnesota. Uh, here's, the, here's, the, here's the weird part about it, though. They'll mm. cheerlead. They'll cheerlead you as an underdog. Oh yeah. And they'll make oh, you oh, make yeah. it, and then yep. once you make it, they want to destroy you. They do. <laughs> They eat their own in the state. They, they literally do. eat their yeah, own. They it's, do. it's the day of the locust in Minneapolis. They eat their own in Minnesota, man. But so don't they, be too successful. They will Brad cheerlead you as an underdog. Oh yeah, all day long, and they oh. will cheerlead you. They will do everything to help you make it. And then the second you get any kind of fame or any kind of money, success, they're coming down on you, man. They hate it. They just hate it. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in any state. I couldn't in the agree States. more. I've, I've never, never seen, seen anything like it. Nope. Let's face it. It's the story of Christianity. No, that's in LA. In LA, people would be happy for you and try to ride your coattails. Sure, sure. Same in New York and Philly. Oh yeah, they'd be happy for you to try to ride your coattails here. Not just either. destroy them. Well, gotta destroy, destroy him. He's too him. successful. Destroy him. Uh, whatever. Uh, All right, Brad. We've kept you so long, Brad. Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen, going to be at Laugh Camp. Uh, do you know the times of the shows? I believe eight o'clock. But check the website. No, I'm pretty sure you're right about that. I will. They just got time. up, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> well, Brad, next time you come into town, you got to come in in the studio. So then you can say, 
No, it's actually true, Tom. I am the third one that hates you. (laughs) (laughs) I can do that. Thanks for your time, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me. Have a good Appreciate day. you guys. Thanks Brad Wenzel, ladies and gentlemen, coming to town. Very nice young man. Yeah. In the he's, got the, area. he's got that Stephen Wright kind of, uh, kind of the rhythm. Do you remember the last time Stephen Wright was on the KQ Morning Show with us? God, just barely. He started laughing so hard, and he just wouldn't stop. You remember that? Yeah, I don't. Because well, he was always very deadpan. I don't remember what he was laughing. I don't about, either. Though. But he was laughing his ass off about something. I'm like <laughs> what the hell? Hey, this. Doing acid or something. God, he was funny, though. Stephen Wright. Why is he out of comedy? Where'd he go? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. I, think he's, I mean, he's still around. Oh, I think he's one of the funniest guys ever born. He got successful. And just Maybe he's just doing industrial baby. shows now. Is that what it is? No, I, I doubt that. But but. He's only doing colleges. <laughs> Probably just doesn't need to. Well, you know, a lot of, those, yeah, a lot of comics... Or have some mental health issues and well, there's no doubt stuff like that. That's a hard argument. So, <laughs> so he might have he might have fell into a hole. He might have he might have well, fell nicest into a guy hole. in the damn world though. Yeah, His most recent guy. special was 2006. Oh, Holy God, it's a long time ago. Well, you know, man. a lot of people get into comedy because they have mental health issues. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. it can go both it works both ways. Who's the woman that did a special about that? As a, as a female comedian, I think she's from Minnesota. As a matter of fact. A female comedian made a made a one hour special about. That's true. Oh, it was well, was it Sarah Silverman? No, it wasn't Sarah Silverman. Because she's obviously a. Oh, big, she's a whack job. Well, I mean, I always liked her though. And she's, she's very, not really. A she's very open about. I don't consider her stand up comedy. No, she's oh, not. Really. I, I don't know if she is or not, but she's very funny. But no, she's, she's also funny. very depressed sometimes. Yeah, what the hell's her name? She's got a, a special out, and it's about being, huh. you know. Depressed and unable to deal with a lot of things. It's amazing. She's a blonde woman. Oh, I'm listening she, now. She, oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, I think she might be from like Minnesota, person? not Duluth or anything like that. But mm-hmm. she's from up north somewhere. I'm trying to think of Minnesota comics, <clears throat> female comics. Who would she's be? blonde. She broke probably about 20, 25 years ago, uh, something like that. Hmm. Maria Bamford. Yes. Good job, Darren. Exactly. Good. Good, good, good job. Who's that? Darren. Oh, Darren pointed out he was Maria Bamford. Boy, Andy's, Andy's on top of his game. Yeah, Andy is. You know what? That delivers the threesome because she hated me too. <laughs> well, there you go. So, <laughs> hey, we got the threesome, baby. I think you got more than the threesome. No, oh, I'm pretty. So, what was was this thing that she did? What was it? Was it a special comedy special? Or yeah, it was a comedy special. So was on, it? Was it? And it was about depression. It was about depression. Yeah. I remember the first the first time <clears throat> I was at, was yeah. hanging out at the comedy store, and I forget who it was now, but it was a comic on station. So much energy and so you know good. Mm-hmm. And when he came off. He was, oh, I know who it was. It was, uh, uh, I don't know, I forget his name. He had, a, he had his own show on, uh, not MTV. I'll think of that and I'll tell you later. But he came off stage. Nancy was actually with me, I think, or there. And he would just only look at the ground. He would not look at anyone. You couldn't talk to him. Well, like, right. like. Who was the guy now? He was so insecure. The SNL insecure, guy man. we had on the show. Oh, Rich Hall. Rich Hall, who pre- so insecure. <laughs> he, he never looked at any of them. No, he did not. Straight at the ground, man, instantly. Who was that? Uh, I can't remember his name. He had his own show. <clears throat> that, that on it wasn't MTV. It was on. Uh, I'm having just a total blank. What, the, the Comedy Network. It was on the Comedy Network. Yeah. Yeah. In his own show. He had his own show every week where he did uh, <clears throat> showed videos. He showed videos behind him and Daniel Tosh. Them. Daniel oh, Tosh, yeah. what a oh, freak! Just a, just a freak of <laughs> nature, a man. Tosh point what out. a freak yeah. of nature! Like oh. he would just 
You'd say, hey, just trying to talk to him? Nothing, just right at the ground, man. No, I don't think he's a prick. Right. I think he's so insecure that he can't speak to a human. That might, You might be right. I don't think like he's that. a prick. I think he's just so insecure. Because I was one-on-one with him, and he looked at the ground and wouldn't. He, the whole like, time. was shaking to look at me. Like, yeah, we used to watch Tosh Pointo a lot oh, back in the day. That was well, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's who it was. He's the most insecure person I've ever met. My kids love that. Just loved his show. Oh, mm-hmm. Tosh Point was a good but show. But on stage, yeah. he was unbelievable. Yeah, he was. As yeah. a comic. He was very good. Okay, so I just got a couple of messages from people. They want to know from you, and I might, this might be a horrible thing. <laughs> what is it about me that people tell you they don't like? You know, when you ask people that, they can never give you an answer. They say, oh, Tom's a prick. And I, and I go, why do you say that? And they can never answer. Isn't that weird? You. Let's be well, honest. A, that's why most people hate most people for <laughs> reasons they don't understand. Yeah, yeah that's probably and true. And it's the same yeah. with people who don't like me. You say, "Why don't you like him?" Oh, he's a he's an arrogant prick. That's the same thing they say about you. Arrogant prick. <laughs> an arrogant prick. And that's what they say about me too. Wait a minute. They call him a prick. <clears throat> yeah. That was a joke. You were only the first. That <laughs> was your deal for arrogant. years. And arrogant, <laughs> arrogant, that. arrogant. And that's what they say. They say that about me too. I'm like, I don't think arrogant. you ever met Tom. Because he's not about arrogant that? at all. You're talking about two guys that did very well financially. I think that's what they mean. Yeah. Well, there is that, yes. I, yeah. I always had two sets of friends, and one were the friends who at least never admitted to listening to the morning show, and the others were huge fans of the morning show. Yeah. But It'll you know happen. what? None of that matters. You know who your real friends are. Oh, yeah. I know who my real friends are. doesn't matter how successful I become. They're still the same friend to me. Well, and we, we knew right They don't that. act any different towards me. They don't, they don't, it's the same yeah. mm-hmm. person. So they're your friends and they never go away. But what we knew from the start that if we were going to be successful, we would polarize people. Yeah, if you're going to be successful, especially in Minnesota. Especially in Minnesota. You are going to polarize people because yeah. they do not like seeing you. Well, I, I could close with this because we only got a couple minutes left anyway. Uh, somebody sent me an email yesterday, that, and I don't know, it was several months ago on some on, I don't even know what online it was, but they were talking about, you know, the fact that I wasn't at the queue anymore and this and that and the other thing. And then one of the former salespeople commented that, oh, yeah, he made all that money and I made no money at all. And it was just, not, you know, and he made this and he, he's talking about, you know, making a couple of million or whatever the hell it was, right? Mm. And... I thought, that's rather interesting because you didn't do any research whatsoever, mm-hmm. right? In 2008, and I'm only telling you this because that thing is out there. In 2008, when the economy went bad, my lovely wife, Catherine, and I kicked back five large so people, nobody lost their job. Do you remember that? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Nobody but lost their job. you didn't talk job. much about it. I didn't talk about it at all because I didn't think yeah. I had to. Right. But somehow, because I made a lot of money, I was a prick. But the fact that I gave almost... That doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Nobody lost people, their job. I, I tell said, me all the time, you, wouldn't you be better off being a friend, someone who is friendly with Tom, than being not knowing him and being an enemy? All, yeah, I, all I know is like sense. same with people who don't like me. Like, you don't even know me. Wouldn't you have a better chance of anything of just getting to know I me, know. being my friend, than just not knowing me and saying I don't like him? I, it I, doesn't make any sense to I, me. I was just barely getting by working at the Minneapolis Tribune, mm-hmm. right? So that's why I hate Glenn Taylor. there you go now that's a good argument no i suppose some people no matter what you do some people are going to hate your guts yep no matter if you're good if you're good at what you do yeah and you know what don't ever try to make everyone like you oh god no there's a complete waste of time can't do it believe me i've never tried (laughs) (laughs) yeah girlfriend's never tried but no i i just 
I have never mentioned that before, and I, I, I didn't even tell you the exact, but no one lost their job because of Catherine and me, and no one appreciated it. No. Why? I don't know. I just don't, I understand, but I'm an arrogant prick. Oh, okay. Yeah, same thing when I, when I was trying to help downtown. I was on the downtown council. I volunteered every day. Absolutely. Volunteered at HCMC every day for five days a week for a year <laughs> in the trauma department. No one cared. They don't, <laughs> they don't care. They only care that you're a prick. It's, and it's because you are you do well financially yeah. and you have talent. Yeah, they don't care. They don't like that. No. They don't like that at all, that you Minnesota, do Minnesota, well. don't get me wrong, I love living in Minnesota. I do too, but, but you're I'm right. telling you, it is changing a little bit. The old guard in Minnesota, they're just a strange breed that I think it was generational. That You think so? Yeah. I think it's starting to change. Why would it be change. baby boomers that would have done that? Because the greatest generation... North Dakota, <clears throat> North Dakota and Minnesota were the same way. Head down, look at their shoes. Yeah, I suppose. And, but I can tell you make too much noise, get out of here. Yeah. I can tell you one thing. There's a certain comfort in knowing when you walk through your neighborhood mm -hmm. that no one who walks toward you will ever look at you. No, it, that's not true. Minnesota. That, well, not it's, Minnesota. It's, it's, I don't think, I really don't think it's about Minnesota. I think it's just about a neighborhood. But yeah. I could be wrong about that. No, downtown it's it's headphones and a phone like oh, this. Oh sure, yeah. <laughs> so they don't have to look at right. You. Well, there get, is that. Yeah. You're gonna get robbed doing that. That's what Why they do, you? so they don't have to say hello to you. Oh god. I wonder how many people get hit by cars because they're looking at their phone yeah, when they're right crossing a busy intersection. All right. Well, I have to go be a prick somewhere, so we gotta go. <laughs> Me too. How about arrogant? Are you gonna be arrogant too? I'm gonna be an arrogant prick. I get that word the, the most with Tom. Arrogant. See, I think that's arrogant. Arrogant, arrogant, yeah. Arrogant. How would anyone think that I was arrogant? Because I, I don't. I have know, a big man. personality. I, I don't know that. They, and people say that about me too. I don't. Understand I know. It. I don't get that either. No. It's just because you did well. I guess I never. I never throw that in anyone's face. No, ever. I know you don't. Ever. You don't. People call you all sorts of. I, I said names. so. I said they so. Do. I'll make it short. But I said something the other day. Like I posted a post. Get out of your comfort zone today. And so I'm like, yeah, easy for a guy with money. And, uh, and, <laughs> easy, well, I easy. think he's got a point. Yeah, and I said, yeah, but I didn't always have money, but I always got out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And that's the key. Get out of your comfort zone. Nothing good's going to happen. You're sitting no on your couch watching me. TV. I You're better off standing on a street corner. I only have one response to that. Maybe we can end on it. But what's a comfort zone? Yeah, what the hell is that? I never even heard of it. That's good that you don't know. It's the place you're not allowed in. Yeah. I hope I didn't bring my wallet with me because if I did, it. I lost it. <laughs> it might be All in right, the car. We'll See you guys. Later.